clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? That was pretty good. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. I'm Adam Jeffrey Catch, Rossi. catch, catch, catch. Wow, I didn't think you were going to start. I just got to get it out of the way early. <laughs> yeah, so we do apologize for the audio for last week's episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I apologize for the audio <laughs> for last week's episode. I was really upset about it because I thought we had a really great interview with Mike. And I don't really know when it started it acting star- up. It starts like almost around Mike's interview. but for the Oh, that's like a healthy chunk of the but show. But the good news is Mike's portion sounds fine. It's really just my audio. You know, really, so, I know we make a lot of things about wanting to be actors and showy people, but you didn't have to pretend to be the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. So I'm impressed you came up with that so quick. Or did you already have that ready? I mean, it, it, <laughs> as soon as I heard it last week, I was like, that's what it reminds me of. So... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so we didn't play our audio from our friend's fortune from last week, but we did share our friend's fortune, so we'll share them now. Mine was kind of close, right? No, it wasn't Maybe, kind of. It wasn't close at all. There was a coach firing. It was not Adam Gase like I predicted. Right, so you said that Adam Gase was going to I said he would be fired. fired. And then I said that Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn would both win so that they wouldn't be fired. And again, and I, and I said this to you in person, I said, I did the thing again where, like, in the middle of it, I said, I'm not going to go this bold, but I did. So I not only did I not correctly predict the two wins by those teams, but I also incorrectly predicted who would be fired because it was Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. So Yikes. Big news. Big moves. Yeah, so I said that Carson Wentz on Sunday night was going to have two interceptions. I think I might have said turnovers, but I wanted to say interceptions. He had one, and I said, would we see Jalen Hurts? Which we did. Kind of. I mean, we did. <laughs> I mean, we saw him. But, it was a fact that we saw you, him. But he you was said out that, taking But you snaps. obviously said that meaning you meant, like, Jalen would take the place. Of... Technically, I didn't even say we'd see him. Okay, but that's what you meant. It was a question. Whatever. <laughs> so neither of us get it right. No. I'm very didn't. given, but I'm not going to give you any credit I don't, on that one. I, I wasn't asking. Um... Regardless, welcome to Simultaneous Catch, friends. I am Adam Jeffrey Rossi. They know who we are. I need to get excited. Because apparently I don't get excited about the show. <laughs> I didn't say that. I, let's get hyped. 
All right, regardless. So we are on the show now. I'm Josh Lapping. Thank you. I thought I think it's a professional <laughs> thing we do. I like that we start Just, the show well, that way. We already did that. Regardless, I don't See, remember. See, we're all doing off that. because I don't we didn't remember, play our friend's fortune. I don't remember doing that. Regardless, <laughs> we're off to a great start. It was I a crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy and fun weekend of football. Adam was sick for some reason. He doesn't know how to stay healthy. That's and true. And you know, it still ended in a Bills win, which I felt good about. So it was a good Bills win. It was. I really was. I liked it because I was in the first half. We very much struggled with the defense, but our offense carried us like they have the first three weeks. And then in the second half, our defense showed up, caused some turnovers, shut them down a bit. Obviously, they scored at the end to, to bring it within a score, but like we gave up that score on purpose to lose time. So I'm not like upset with that. So I was very good about that. But okay. regardless, let's just get right into news and notes, man. Yeah, there's a lot going on right We're now. We're going to go to the rate obvious, the COVID. Uh, I have this twice on news and notes for some reason because I forgot that so I also put this. It's because it's that big a deal. Oh, no. No. So the first note is actually the delayed postponed games to talk about what happened last weekend. Uh, and then there's also one to talk about okay. the possibilities for next weekend. So we will rope them together. But obviously, last weekend, the Titans and Steelers game was postponed. It's going to happen now week seven. And then the Ravens-Steelers game that was supposed to happen that week will be pushed to week eight. And the Ravens will have their bye week seven. So it seems complicated, but it's a pretty easy fix. Then the Patriots-Chiefs game obviously was pushed because of the Cam Newton news. And they we play their game. Had a little doubleheader on Monday. I kind of liked it. It was nice. I don't know if I, I minded. I feel like the yeah. overlap was a little extreme. Yeah. I, you rolled your eyes a couple of times when I kept switching back to Instantaneously, the, to the I was like, whoa, like having a seizure here. I don't know what's happening. I was trying to do a little red zone action, you know. I would love that job, man. What a great job. And anyway. Hey, Scott Hansen does a fine job. Andrew Siciliano does too. I do appreciate that. I always think it is kind of weird that like NFL Network has their own, but then DirecTV has their own. Like DirecTV is Andrew Siciliano, but... NFL Network is Scott Hansen. It's a weird thing. Is that really how it is? Yeah, I thought weird. it was the other way around. It could maybe it is, but I know that I know that when you have DirecTV Sunday ticket, the one you get is Siciliano. Because oh. I've watched it before. All right. Regardless. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So maybe there's the, another opening. The Pats played at yeah, Kansas Pats, City and played yeah. really, really well. Uh, they obviously Honestly, didn't have Cam Newton, and that was a struggle. I would. I would have been very fascinated to see how that game would have turned out I had they had. Feel like they probably win that game. It certainly they were within, wouldn't have become the game that it was. They were within the red zone three or four times in which there was a pick, a fumble, and and end of half because Brian Hoyer forgot that he's a veteran quarterback and can't take a sack when you have no timeouts left. So, like, though I don't think those three things happen if Cam Newton's the quarterback. So, at worst, you get three field goals, which makes the game 19-26 to 26 and gives you a chance on your last possession. So, um. Yeah, it was fascinating. I do think that we learned more about the Patriots than we did the Chiefs. I think the Patriots are better than I certainly thought that they were. Okay. Um, I, and we talked about it, I think, last week where I said that I do think they are better than I gave them credit for when we did our season preview. But even now, I feel more confident and more worried about them as a Bills fan. Although, this is very interesting now because it's going to segue into what we're talking about with the coming week where Stefan Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19 so we don't know what that's going to be and so I kind of want to get your thoughts on this where is your panic level like on scale 1 to 10 
about the season being completed. And then just what are your thoughts about what should be done in terms of whether or not teams should forfeit games, whether or not we just outright cancel games and it doesn't count towards the record and you do sort of a win percentage instead of actual records. And then is the, does any of this surprise you? Um, no, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like we would have been a little bit naive to assume that we were going to get I agree 16, with that. There are some people that are surprised. Of but. football without there being a hitch. I don't know. I, I know, like, we keep, like, talking about the word, like, what are you, what's your panic level right now? I'm not panicked. I'm just very intrigued as to what the league's going to do, how they're going to go about this. I know they've been doing a lot of different things with, with, their their fines of not handling things right and there was the possible forfeiture of games that we talked about last week and we talked about this just personally earlier on today about what that means is it only if they're not following rules because the nfl is locking a lot down i've heard about like video surveillance to see like how things inside buildings are going which that i mean it sounds a little it sounds like there's just some crazy stuff going on um, I don't know. That's why I just, I literally, like, there are people have been talking all day today since this news about, about more players coming out all over podcasts, all over national television, all over radio about possible solutions. A lot of them are, are similar about, like, your, your strength of schedule thing, or maybe they expand or push back playoff games and, and, and make it longer. The thing is, I just, we don't know. So that's why I'm just very fascinated to see what they end up doing. We're going to get football, I believe that. It's just originally, I don't want to say in the summer, like when we talked about this, in the early fall before the season, I, I thought we were going to get 16 consecutive games. It was probably naive of me to, to think of it that way, but I thought there it was going to be, oh, we don't have these eight players. Well, they don't get to come. So we're coming with these backups, and that's why I talked about, oh, we're gonna we're gonna, we're not gonna know who's on the field, and there was an element of that that was exciting, but I understand thinking more clearly about it now that like if anyone's in the organization and gets it, like everyone's at risk. So right, and we talk about the Tennessee Titans and the issue this weekend. You know, right now, if I had to bet money, I'd bet decent money that 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 game just. Buffalo and Tennessee is just not going to happen. I, I I do agree. You so know, we'll they, see what happens. They were doing well for a while. Today on Wednesday, there were two two new confirmed cases. And not only just that, but they were both players. So that's a pretty big deal. After it seemed like they were they were starting to take. I off was a little very bit. very encouraged on Tuesday when there were no new tests for the second straight day. There were no new cases, and now it's worrisome that there was another one, which means that there are players still within the what you would call the incubation period of three to eight days that obviously had it and it just pot tested negative because it hadn't shown yet. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm really not optimistic about a game happening. I'm just curious to see what the protocol is. Yeah, know? and we'll obviously learn that here in the next couple of days. And, and you to, might know it by the time soon. you listen to the episode, to be um, honest. So, but you mentioned... Stefan Gilmore for the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots did cancel their practice today. The Raiders, on the other hand, they had Maurice Hurst, defensive tackle, pos- test positive. They practiced today. So 
I don't. I, I feel not like surprising coming from John Gruden. Doing it, it it's not surprising game. that they're doing that. Uh, but they're putting their heads down and just going to work as as normal. Uh, so I don't. I don't want to say one is right or wrong. I mean that's that's a preference and whatever people are comfortable and feel safe with. So. Um, I know I talked for a long time, but do you have a, a quick, like, how, yeah. how are you feeling about it? I will say this. I don't think we get a stoppage. I think it's full steam ahead no matter what. They'll find a way. I think I, it, there is a plan, in, a con- contingency plan in place to play the Super Bowl in March if they have to. So they, they have a month to play with if they need to. I don't think we play with that. I think we play no matter what. But I will say this. I want to make very clear that neither Josh nor I – nor simultaneous catches a podcast. We 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 don't not take this seriously. I, I want to be clear that like we know this is serious. We're living in a pandemic. That like we need to take it seriously. We need to be safe, not just for us, but for everybody else, especially for the people who are at higher risk than we all are. So I want to make that very clear. Right. I get that everybody's trying to be safe. But I also am not going to pretend like I'm not happy that football is happening. And if it is happening, we're going to be here talking about it. And regardless of our personal feelings about it, we're going to enjoy the football that's on. We're going to be thankful for it. And we're going to talk about it. And I just want to make that I just want to make that statement because I feel like we've talked about all of it logistically before. We never talked about it emotionally. And I think that we both do take it seriously. But we both recognize that. You know, in some ways, there is a level of, you know, life has to continue no matter what it has to look like. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't mean that in the way that, like, life goes on to let this thing beat you. Just, like, forget about it and push through. I mean, like... Are you referring to something right now? (laughs) I mean, like, we're taking precautions and we're being safe and we're taking care of our fellow men and women. But I just want to say that you know we're all trying to find ways to work through this and if the nfl and sports can continue to find ways then good for them and good for us so that's kind of where i want to you know leave the discussion on this because i want us to talk actual football more than this but yeah yeah i just want to gonna overcut you say like there are just there have been some players that have been talking about it all uh, ever since everything happened. So Pat Mahomes came out and said this is something that we were expected. We have to trust the protocols that the league has done a pretty good job of of putting these protocols into place to keep us safe. Obviously, uh, with his wife, or soon-to-be wife, being pregnant, it's something that he's, he's doing whatever he can. So he talked about that. Uh, Cameron Hayward, who is the Steelers NFL Players Association rep also said a similar things. He said, we're trying to wear a mask. We're trying to do this. We're, we're following these steps, but this is just a dicey thing. Uh, Baker Mayfield being Baker Mayfield was a little <laughs> more blunt. He said to me, it's not that damn hard. Just wear your mask. We all want to play football. So everybody's got to do it. Uh, so there, there are a lot of high-profile players. You know, and, I will and say coming out to talk about this. Not to cut you off, but I will say it's probably in reference to what happened with the Raiders. I don't know if you heard this, but not, not this past weekend, but like the week before they played the Bills, there were multiple players at 
Darren Waller's charity. They he hosted a charity event for about a hundred people, and only Darren Waller wore a mask the whole time. Everybody else in attendance didn't wear a mask. Okay. So there were huge things about like is Las Vegas going to have to forfeit the game? Were they going to be punished? And they they were fined. Yeah. Uh, all the players were too. And I don't know if Maurice Hurst was in attendance who tested positive, but there were a lot of players who broke pro- protocol for that. And so I don't know if, like, Baker's referring to, like, just follow the rules, you know, uh, which he could be. But, yeah, just, I mean, beyond that, I mean, it's just uh, there's a lot going on. Like, this is this is a difficult thing. And we can obviously try to follow all these rules. But even if, even if, like, you were, we were talking about the Tennessee Titans, like, they're being very insistent that they're, they are following the rules. And a pandemic, while we can try to, I mean, we can wear our masks, we can wash our hands we can social distance but i mean like there are just going to be circumstances it's not a foolproof thing of a, a pandemic an illness uh this these germs are going it's not like they see our mask like oh let's not let's not mess with that person like it's, right. it's just possible so right. i mean we're all trying yeah. our best and that's yeah. that's what it is yeah right, i think that we don't have to talk about that anymore so let's move on to actual football and let's move on to bad football let's talk about the nfc least ah. and Let's talk about the fact that a team with six wins could legitimately win this division. You think with just six wins? Yep. Wow. I think it's going to be at least seven. I actually think if I was going to predict it, it would be probably nine and seven. Okay. I do think either Philly or Dallas gets to nine wins. But let's not talk about the fact. Certainly. certainly, Go ahead. I'm going to set you up to talk. Oh. So I'm saying that. We obviously talked to Mike last week. He was still very confident. Obviously, he took a huge hit with the way that they lost last week. Um, and I have a lot of stats about it, so I'm going to save those for a rebuttal depending on what you think. But we're talking about Dallas sitting at 1-3, and three, could theoretically deserve to be 0-4. We're sitting with the Giants who are 0-4, tons of injuries. The Washington football team who now just switched to Kyle Allen at quarterback with possibly Alex Smith being a backup. Uh, and I then, think that's official. And then we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who gutted out a win against the defending champs, who are missing a lot of players, but still, you know, San Fran without a lot of those players crushed both the Jets and the Giants in the previous two weeks, who are subpar teams, yes, but they still crushed them. So Philly gut and Wentz guts out a win on Sunday Night Football against them. So these four teams, talk to me about, you know, who you're confident in, who you're not confident in, and, you know, do you stand pat on who wins the division? Yeah, I mean, like, it's obviously harder. <laughs> I mean, actually, other than New York right now, just with everything going on, I'm fairly confident in all three of them. Like, we just don't know. Like, I, I'll i be very intrigued to see what Allen does with Washington this week. But, I mean, he has a familiarity with, with Rivera, obviously, uh, from their time in Carolina together. So I'll be very curious to see what he does with with weapons like – scary terry and and whatnot so i feel like that that could rebound and they got to get a little bit healthier on the defensive line but if they get some of those pieces back their their defense is pretty legit um the same can go for philly they just need to get healed up dallas is the big question mark for me right now i'm still fairly confident in them just from a talent base argument i mean they have the talent has it just hasn't been put together and a lot of people are, are, are calling for that. In, in my opinion, I've seen enough of Mike Nolan to know that 
he's past his expiration date. He was a really great defensive mind, and I feel like that has started to carry with him when we can't be thinking about that right now. Uh, so they have all the talent in the world. It's just it's not being utilized. Marcus Lawrence has gone quite a long time without getting a sack, and that was one of their big guys that they went out and signed. I believe it was last year they signed him to an extension. So Alden Smith's obviously playing really well, but they need to more consistently put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, maybe once they get their the middle of their defense back, Layden 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 Vander Ash. Yes, oh, I don't know. Why I was trying to say his first name, Vander Ash. When he gets back, uh, Sean Lee, I think, is going to come back this year. I think that's not that long. I mean, you laugh, but he's a, he's a good linebacker. He's a good tackler. So if they continue to improve and as their young secondary learns, you know, but that's uh, to me that's on coaching. So I think moving forward, in my opinion, the talent's going to prevail. But I could be, I could obviously. Obviously, not so far. So, I'm gonna segue into rant right where you call right now. Okay, because I'm gonna rant. Okay, and you know, Mike was great on the show. He's always great on the show. And my cousin, who started listening to the show, is also a big Dallas fan. Most of his family is loved what Mike had said, and I agree. Said great things. Convinced me to say Dak is better than Wentz. And I still believe that. Dak has, <laughs> has, has been in his career better than Wentz. I don't think we can argue that. But this is why when I was pressed about are you ready to recall Philly winning instead you know, instead of Dallas. And I said tune in next week. I'll let you know. No, I am not. Because Dallas is not a good football team. Like, I'm sorry, you just said it. They are so talented. They are too talented to be this bad. They should be an 0-4 football team. Think about that. A team that has the talent that we said that they did all offseason, that Dak is a top-10 quarterback, they should be 3-1, and 4-0. Like, I'll, get, I'll seed them a loss to Seattle for sure. But there's no reason you lose the three other games. Okay. No reason at all. You have too much talent for that, not just on offense, but even on defense, too. We talk about Demarcus Lawrence. We talk about Alden Smith having a resurgence. You talked about Leighton Van Resch, Sean Lee, Jalen Smith. Like, there's too much talent on this team to not be a good football team. And you think about this. We're going to talk about Dallas being the defense being the issue, and it is. It is, it is the biggest issue. But the offense is not much better, especially because their issue is first half starts. In the first half, they are minus 43. Minus 43. That doesn't just mean they're being outscored by a lot. That, that also means that they're starting really slow on offense. And they don't start to be what this offense is into the second half. They are 20, I feel like that's a little bit skewed. They though. are 24th in scoring in the first half Again, in the league. I think that's skewed. And they are second to last in turnovers. And that's th- so, those are all correlated exactly and, to that. And that's fine, but it's there's still real stats. There's still things that have happened. And I get that. I get that. They can be very amorphous, and it can like those things shift very quickly. I do get that, but they're still facts, and they're still. We talk about Dak being so loose in the pocket sometimes of not like Dak strip sack this past week. Like two weeks ago, I kind of give him a pass because it's from his blind side. This week, it's from his eye side. It, it was right in front of him. The guy, like you can see him coming at you, and you're still loose with the ball. And this is why it's a rant because. I'm telling you that Dak is too talented. I'm telling you that this wide receiving core is by far, in my opinion, the best in the NFL. You will not, you cannot show me a better core four even than Zeke in the backfield and then CeeDee Lamb 
uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper and Michael Gobley. You cannot show me a better foursome in the NFL in terms of skill players. Not a single one. And still, they are one and three. Should be zero and four. And I don't care that you threw for five hundred yards. I don't give you. I don't give you a gold star for that because two hundred and fifty of it when you were down by thirty. I don't care. Like, and I and I do a, like I I have always apologized for being harsh on Dallas because I get it. I am harsh on Dallas, but. Right now, I have every reason to be, and I don't get what's wrong with this. And everybody's going to say it's coaching, but that's what you said about Jason Garrett, and now you're so hyped about Mike McCarthy, and here we are. Well, I was there, never very hyped there, about Mike I know, McCarthy. but there are people There are people legitimately saying, do we fire Mike McCarthy right now? And I think it's – like I really don't know the issue right now. Is it just you're going to fire Mike Nolan and find somebody better? Because I thought at times Chris Richard was actually pretty good. I love Chris Richard. I don't know why they got kept. I, I know they kept Kellen Moore and I like that because him and Dak have a good relationship and obviously the offense has looked good. It's looked better at some times. But they are so inconsistent. They are so untested is the word. I mean, is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but they are just, I don't believe in them. And what this is all coupled with what I saw from what Carson Wentz in Philadelphia was able to do to, yes, mind you, an injured and, you know, hobbled 49ers team and win the game when they needed to win a game and end up 1-2-1 and one, leading their division after the historically horrible start for Philly still leading their division after four games, I have all confidence in the world that they'll finish as the leaders because they're about to get Alshon Jeffrey back. Eventually, they'll get Deshaun Jackson back. Eventually, they'll get more of their offensive line that's been injured back. Like They're about to get so many people back, and Carson Wentz has not even played like his median game yet. And I believe that he get he'll get back to that and better. Like I just and and again I obviously we segued into rant because that was absolutely a rant of all rants that I've had in a while. But I and I'm sorry. Like I would love for Dallas to win at this point. Like I love Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott's always been one of my favorite backs. We love Mike on the show. I love my cousins who are Dallas fans. Like like these are like I hate some Dallas fans, but those are I just named Dallas fans that I truly love. And I want to see this team win for them so that they're happy, but I have zero confidence in them. And no, they're about to fine. play they're about to play Washington very soon here. And I don't know how I'd pick that game right now. With that defensive front, they could terrorize Dak Prescott. So I will say this as a I want you to rebuttal. as a short <laughs> rebuttal. I think, yeah. I mean, obviously those stats are stats, and you you can't really argue against stats. But in a lot of ways, I just think Dallas, not in terms of injury. If you take injury out of the the luck game. I think Dallas has been one of the most unlucky teams. They get they bad breaks. Zeke gets the ball punched out as he's sitting on some guy's lap, pretty much down, pretty much tackled. We've seen that a handful of times where we've just been watching and we see him break off a nice 18-yard run and lose it in the last second. We're like, oh, no. Like That's actually I, like a direct quote. I know. I, so, I want to say I literally – like. I want to say two quick things to this because I want to see what you think about this. Max Kellerman at First Take always says this, and I love this quote. He says, luck is the residue of success. So if you're successful and you're always doing the right thing, then luck more often than not falls your way. And then my second point is giving an example of this. The New England Patriots for 20 straight years have been the greatest dynasty in the history of professional sports ever because they are, like, they are just a successful team and luck 
always fell their way because it's the residue of success. Sure. Yeah. I, like, like I don't know if you believe in that, but I have more and more believe in that because Dallas has not been successful, and so luck doesn't fall their way. I know that may be a little bit silly to say, but it makes sense. It does make sense. I think – correct me if I'm wrong, and we don't have to – but I feel like that's a semblance of agreeing with me. I don't think you're disagreeing with me when, by saying that. No, I'm saying that luck more often than not falls the right person's way because that they have they have prepared and had the to, to have the success, so it falls their way. So I'm saying that like oh, Dallas isn't prepared enough. Okay. See, but I, I I just don't agree with that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think there are there are large instances, and there's right. a lot of it that's just sloppy football, but. Absolutely. Obviously, when you when you have and the preseason hurts two three consecutive turnovers and a team is able to have a short field and capitalize on that, it's going to go poorly. Right. So when you finally start to put it together, you minimize those mistakes and you can show that you can put up those yards. And maybe they're garbage time yards. Maybe it's they're trying to climb back, whatever. <laughs> but they're they're showing they're capable of doing but that. I, and again, like we can move on from this because I don't want to like nail this into the ground about Dallas, but. The two things I want to say. One, there were at least four passes that Dak had, and if you want me to point them out, I will, that should have been picked off. There were at least four of them that should have been picked off but weren't. So his day should have been a lot worse than it was. And two, Dak Prescott is now the only quarterback in the history of the sport to go for 450-plus yards in three straight games, and they lost two of them and should have lost the third one. And you know what that – in in, in, – People are going to try to spin that positive and be like, Dak's top three. Look at look at what he's doing. He's trying to carry the team. And you know what I spin it? He did that, and it still wasn't enough. That's not good. Wow. I think that's a little harsh, but. It still wasn't enough. He can't do any more. I'm not saying that Dak's, like, that's good for Dak. He's a great quarterback. He deserves his money. But it still wasn't enough. And if that's not enough, but Carson Wentz's one passing and one rushing under 200 passing yards game is enough then i'm gonna i'm gonna buy stock in that team okay so i'll say when the two meet up i'm fascinated uh, i am so i'm ready i'm so fascinated it's it, i don't think it's that soon Philly though. gives up 15 catches for 185 yards to one player in george kittle last week to that backup pretty, quarterbacks that is i mean their defense is not looking great. <laughs> That's what i don't know See, I, I believe think, that dak will carve them up more so than wentz will carve up this Poor Dallas defense. If they try like, to get it together, we can figure out. We can figure out before that game in the coming weeks. I'd like to figure out a bet on that because I would take that bet. All right, I will take that. Carson would carve up their defense more than Dak would carve up Phillies. We will do that, but we'll figure that out anyway. Let's move on because we can just keep going on on and on about this. Um, I apologize to all of our Dallas fans listening. <laughs> doing great. Uh, all right, so let's do a little. Um, let's do a little. Uh, Fall themed thing here because you know me and my puns that you hate but people love. Let's see. Do that because it's now fall. Who is falling off your list right now? Who's who's falling in your opinions? Here, (laughs) listen. You were the one who was like freaking out on me that you were like, "It's not fall yet. It's not fall yet. It's not fall yet." Now that it is, it's like it's fall three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm trying to come over to your side. So, like, which side are we gonna do? Who's falling off? Who's a team that you were super high on that you were ready to rock with that's falling off in your opinion right now? So this is a really interesting question because my answer isn't going to be when I'm, I'm falling off and I'm not meaning like, oh, I think they're not good because they are. But I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. 
I think we really saw in that Kansas City game, we saw a way to limit and restrict them. Yeah. And I don't I, I picked them to win the division. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh now. I okay. will I'm 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 swapping that. I thought you picked Pittsburgh to be honest with you. Oh really? Well I thought you did. I feel like I, I thought I picked Baltimore. Uh, because I was that high on Baltimore, and I still am high on Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're a tremendously talented team. Harbaugh's a great coach, but I think we got a little bit of the the Aaron Rodgers yeah problem going on there, where we're like, oh my gosh, did we see what they did last year? They're they're, they're angry. They're gonna go sixteen and zero, and we got a little too excited, and we're coming back down to earth, being like, yeah, like this is still an extremely young team. They're still putting a lot of things together. They have all the talent, but they're they're not Superman. And yeah, that's okay. So I'm I'm falling off of them a little bit just by saying they're not what I and a lot of other people thought they would be. That's interesting. Uh, I I mean I like the way that you went with that. Um, for sure I do. I uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting with that for a second here because like I. Uh, I wouldn't have thought you had said them. <laughs> I'm pretty confident you picked Steelers. Okay. Because I think that we had a debate about it on the show. We'll, well go back. I and, still believe it. We'll go back and check it. I mean, I still think that um, Baltimore wins the division. I just think that I think obviously it comes down to what we talked about on last show. When I think that you know Pittsburgh's a good team, but they might be a little bit of pretenders. You know, we'll see what happens. I really wanted to see the game against Tennessee, um, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I get that. Obviously, I would say that I was higher on Dallas and they've fallen off, but I won't say them for now. I don't really know a team that has really fallen off more than Atlanta, and that might be a low-hanging fruit. I mean, that makes sense for you because that was, that was one My of your My division teams. winner. Yeah. So I will say this. I was and You could roll your eyes on me. Maybe. I didn't know we were allowed to pick teams that were – we just thought we're doing poorly. I thought we had to be like what we said we're going to be good. I mean, I did say Atlanta right, was good, which be. is why like I, I could like I couldn't pick that. Uh okay. Well, no, it has yeah, it has to be a team that you said was going to be good. Okay. So yours was a little bit just because they're still playing well. Um, but yeah, I I'll say this: I have not recalled my pick yet, and maybe it's maybe it's delusion, but. They should still be like they should be at worst a two and two team right now. They should be. I mean, I, I honestly again a loss is a loss. It still counts against them, but they didn't really lose against Dallas in my opinion. Okay, that's one. And they didn't really lose against Chicago in my opinion. I feel like they and, certainly did, and that's fine. But I'm saying that in terms of how good the team is, they're about to hit a five week stretch right here. That is pretty pretty nice for a team that I think is that level. You know what I mean? Like if they're if you're looking at them like oh they're zero four they suck then no you're gonna be like the Panthers should beat them or you know what I mean things like that. And I don't think that I think that the the, the, the Falcons should easily handle the Panthers twice, which they have in five. Okay. Weeks. Well. So we'll see, I mean we'll see what happens with that. So again, there's still a team that's fallen off for me because obviously I thought I really I thought that they'd be four zero right now. I, I, had I never thought they'd be zero four. I right. I mean I don't want to. A bandwagon is a weird thing, but like, right? But I mean, I was all... I was on it for the first three weeks. I thought Monday night was going to be a heck of a game, oh, and for I think sure. they got exposed. And it hurts that every which way. I mean, it, I mean, like it hurts that their top two weapons just 
disappeared in the first half because they got hurt. Sure, but I mean, Julio but, got hurt, but I mean, who's their other weapon? Ridley? He was out there. He just didn't, uh, I thought he he got didn't hurt. get anything. I thought so. he got hurt, too. He was out there. Regardless, I still believe in this team. They've certainly fallen off from what I've said. That, like, I had the, the NFC title game again for some ungodly reason. <laughs> um, so, like, they've certainly fallen off from that level for me. But I'm still a week or two away from recalling division winner because I still – I don't – again, it's – you can call it pride or stubbornness. I don't believe in, in – I think that Tampa Bay is kind of – I think at this point, though, like, sure, you can think that. But the whole – they have three games. They're three and one. So for Atlanta to, but like, they haven't played Atlanta yet, so that's still so, two but games. Even, that so I, let's say that they sweep Tampa, so that's two. Right, so it's only one game back, and like Tampa just beat the Chargers. Like I'm not impressed that you beat the Chargers. I'm not, I, and I know that. I think you need to be impressed in the way that they did it. I feel like maybe a little bit. Like certainly, obviously, Tom has looked a lot better than I thought. Like I thought he was closer to Week One. That he looked than he is week four, and I think that he's not. I think that I, I don't think that Tom Brady is five touchdowns every week, Tom. No, you know I, I, mean? I, I think agree. That but he picked on a beat up secondary, but um, yeah, I don't know. Again, like I, I said, I certainly don't talk about like the other media shows the way that you do because I don't I don't watch them as much as right, you do. But I loved right. what Dan Orlovsky said. I don't I know what him. show he was on, but he said that pick six early on in the game. Might have been the best thing that happened. He did say that on Get for, Up. Yeah. For Tampa because Brady and Arian started airing it out. They proved he still can. I think yeah. they saw that they can. So they're going to start did, doing that more. And that's a good point. He made a good point that, like, New England made him a dink and dunk quarterback because they thought that's all he could do. And there were definitely times where he would go downfield and it looked bad. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. part of that is weapons. And, you know, when you give him. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and to some extent Scotty Miller, you know he and Godwin was out last. He looked better, so so we got to get so him back. I'm not, I'm not, guy. I'm certainly not like I thought Tampa was a six or seven win team, and they're certainly not that. They are not. That. They are not that. But I still do not like. There are people who said Tampa is the team to beat in the NFC, and I think that's bonkers. A lot of people are saying that I, now. Still, I, th- I think it's bonkers. I don't think they're even close to that. I would and, say and I, and they're being, definitely top four. And and listen. I'm being stubborn. I am. I, I want you to know that I fully recognize I'm being stubborn, but I still think it's bonkers. They're, I wouldn't even put them in top five NFC in my mind right now. And I get it that that's stubborn and that's that's me being prideful, but I just don't believe in it. All right. So, you know, whatever. So, But we really have ended the age-all debate of – who Adam didn't root for? It's Tom the Brady. The Pats or Tom Brady? It's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. We learned. I don't know why I hate him, but I hate him. And I'm right. sorry about it. I really <laughs> wish that I didn't. And, you know, maybe this makes me loco, but I actively try to not hate Tom Brady, and I still do. So I feel like if we got Tom Brady on like, the why show do I try in some to, like, magic way. Like, why do I even care to try to not hate him? He would be why don't like I just lean the into nicest it? guy. I don't know. Regardless. You'd be like, you know what? You're a good dude. What's the next thing? Let's <laughs> get Incredible. Well, did you have a rent rave recall? Because that's how we got here, isn't it? Well, I feel like we blew out of that. We were on the fall thing. That's right, because we went back to our doc. Do you have a rent rave recall? Uh, I, I could rave for a quick moment about Matt LaFleur. I'm just Go really – I think he deserves so much credit for what he's doing. He there does. was an NFL article a few excuse me, days ago about way too early crazy things to say. And they said that Matt LaFleur is a Hall of Fame caliber coach. Uh, 
I mean, so far, it certainly looks like it. Obviously, he has a, a long way to go, and, and having a Hall of Fame player like Aaron Rodgers is, is helping. But let's not take away from the fact that this guy is 17-3 and three in his first 20 games. That's the highest winning percentage of any Green Bay head coach in their history. So right there, that's that's putting your name up there with with the guy that the Super Bowl trophy's named after or the guy that the, the stadium's named after. So there's a lot going on there. I think he's shown really other than in my opinion than the worst game last year of well of the Chargers where everyone looked bad but I think he's shown a great job of, of adjusting and playing to what teams are giving him making adjustments he is undefeated in in the north he's still the king of the north has not taken that first loss which is obviously eight the, the path to well he's not eight no yet I thought he was six and oh last year oh yeah you're right you're right he's sorry I was I don't know. I was thinking four games a year, but yeah, yeah. So he is two. He was six and zero last year, two and zero thus far. So obviously that is the path to the playoffs is is winning and owning your division. And so far he's doing it. So, and I think we've just seen. You had a a, a fun thing to say about him. I don't know if it was while we were watching the game or or shortly thereafter uh, that I I really liked. But I think we're just seeing in year two. The offensive prowess of this of this young man. Yeah, so. and I will say I want two things. I want to give us credit as a show for because I think we laugh at each other too much. Sometimes I think that we need to give ourselves credit for being smart because sometimes we are. We said exactly <laughs> what everybody's saying right now when Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show yesterday said, you know, my down year is a career year for some other guys, and they freaked out about it. But it, he said it matter of factly because it's true. And we said that la- all last year. We said it's a down year for him, but that is still a great year for some quarterbacks. Yeah, and. We everybody wanted to be like, oh, he's falling off a cliff. He's terrible. He's cooked. He's done. Whatever. You know, he's never been as good as he was in 2014 or 2015. He's way better this year than I think he was in his MVP season. Oh wow! And I will say, you know, people forget. In his last couple of years, he's had a leg injury. He's had a rib injury, and he's had a concussion. So he's had some groin injuries too. Groin injuries, like things that have actually really hindered him. He's fully healthy. He's being great right now. Aaron Rodgers, AA Ron, is eight of twelve for 169 yards and two touchdowns um, on downfield throws, and he was in this game on Monday night. 20 for 20 for 241 yards and all four of his touchdowns to running backs and tight ends in the game on Monday night. So they are using every weapon in their arsenal, and Aaron is throwing them open, he's finding them open, and he's finding the man. And I'm willing to bet on half of those routes that the running backs weren't like the main option. So he is finding the guy that's open and hitting them. And I'll just say this to to wrap up that rave, this is where... So talking about Monday night, and obviously it was against a, a beat-up Atlanta secondary and defense that was that was struggling. Yeah. But go back a few years ago with Mike McCarthy, and you lose your number one target of if it was Devontae Adams this year or back then, Jordy Nelson. Falls apart. This offense is not hum the way yep. that it is able to now. Absolutely. And I feel like that's because of scheme, intelligence, coaching. I agree. All right. Do you have a word in defense? I do. I have a word in defense. Get ready for this one. Adam Gase oh, and no. the Jets. Oh, my God. Are you serious right now? Hang on. Hang on. This is the reason. I'm, it's it's not what you're thinking it is. 
I am saying a word in defense because they are not playing Sam Darnold next week. So Joe Flacco is starting, and and this is something we're talking about, and you were talking to me about how I'm not Sa- as excited now. <laughs> Sam Darnold wants to play. He does. He very much. He, sure, they're their own four. But he called the GM and said, "I would, I, I want to play." Their own four, and obviously that's a tremendous, <sighs> tremendous hole to dig out of. But it's obviously early to say it's a wasted season. I, I know it, it's easy to do that and whatnot, but I have to tip my cap, and I don't tip my cap often to Adam Gase for any reason. But I respect the heck out of a man that is thinking about a young man's future and his health, and is saying. I'm probably going to get fired in the next month. If I lose this game, maybe it's this. But I'm not going to put you out there to hurt yourself for your long-term career and your life, maybe, in order to try to secure my job. You know, And I, I respect the heck out of that. You know, you, I said you have a word in defense, and you said it was Adam Gase, and I was ready to clown the hell out of you. <laughs> but I agree. You know, I just— I, I respect the hell out of that. I really, really do. For a and guy obviously, that obviously, obviously we're expecting him to lose his job. And obviously it's easier to do when you're 0-4, you know, right. or 4-0. And he's like, you know what I mean? That Obviously I feel like he maybe says you play it. But I do respect that. I absolutely do. You're right. I mean, he's going to be fired. He's not – like I, I guarantee maybe, you. Maybe that acceptance is yeah, helping it. But maybe, regardless, I just like, – I will bet you something ridiculous that like they're not going to be a good football. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to turn it around. I would love to see Joe Flacco come out. And win this game in an amazing fashion. I would be shocked. I would be shocked too, but I but, would love to see it. But it would be kind of fun. Although I don't like, I want the Cardinals to write the ship because uh, we, we both like the Cardinals. But yeah, so I, that's a good one. That's a good one. I miss, do, you, do you have one? I don't this week, actually. Okay. So that's why I went to you first. All so. right, perfect. Well, so I'm going to do, our... I'm actually commandeering the show. I'm going to do some quick two minute drills sure, and talk yeah, about games sure. that I don't think we're talking about. Maybe, maybe there's some overlap. Let's do it. Here we go. So, going to <laughs> the Rams-Washington game, Washington has allowed 30-plus points in six of the last seven games. So that dates back to, to 2019. I think the only one would have been when they when they beat Philly at the yep. beginning of the year. So, yep. But that is not, not showing a great track record there. Obviously, I keep talking about the Rams going over and playing – these east coast teams and and they've done very very well at scoring 30 plus so will that trend continue yes or no yeah i mean the rams will score more than 30 oh they will and i i will say this that i i do want to award in defense real quick about the washington defense because it's a really good defense the 30 plus points is because of the turnovers from dwayne haskins very so very we'll good see, point. we'll so see what we'll happens see what, we'll see if that actually improves. you know what no i take that back no they won't score 30 plus okay They'll cool. score 20s, but not 30. All right. Go over to the Baltimore-Cincy game. Baltimore this year only has one wide receiver pass to a wide receiver. I found that pretty interesting. Say that again? One touchdown reception okay. by a wide receiver. All right. You said, one, pass? you said one wide receiver pass to a wide receiver. I'm oh, like, wait, no. what? <laughs> only one receiver has caught a touchdown. Wild. It was Willie Sneed. I was going to say it was probably Willie Sneed. Cincinnati has allowed third, 23 points in the last three games. Okay. Or they have scored 23. Sorry. They've scored 23 points in the last three games. 23 or more. They only did that in three games all of last year. You're saying or more, right? Because they scored 33. Yeah. Okay. 23 or more. Okay. They only had three games of that last year. Wow. So good. Good job there. The Jags and Texans won. This one's fun. There's some fun. You didn't ask me a question about that. 
Oh. You just wanted to bring that up? Yep, just okay. just talking about the I games. Like that. Highlighting some stuff. So the Jags at the Texans. So here we go. The Jags have lost game of the, week. the last four meetings. They've lost 10 of the last 12. Amazing. The Texans this year, though, have allowed 28-plus points. And that's not only this year. Wow. But they've allowed in the last five games 28-plus points. Wow. And Watson has four career games with fewer than 160 passing yards. Woof. Three of them are against Jacksonville. Woof. So knowing all of that, there's some interesting things at play there. Do you feel like Jacksonville puts up 28-plus on this defense? Does that translate to a win? They're not going to put up 28-plus, and they will lose. Okay. Perfect. Houston, Houston will win. That was that was two-minute drill. Nice. nice. So what's next, my friend? Oh, you know what time it is. It's time for... Pals Picks! Oh, yeah. All right, so Pumped. pals, picks. We it's getting dicey. Had it is a little bit. We had a. Uh, we were both two and one last week. So here we go. We are now in week five. I have a record of eight and four. Adam is sitting right there, keeping it scary for me at seven and five. Uh, so I got to pick the games this week. The first game I he gave picked Adam three doozies. was a game that he's already told us what his, his pick is. We can talk about it a little more if he wants to. Carolina listen, traveling to Atlanta. Listen, I fully accept that Atlanta could go 0-5 and Carolina could win their third straight, get hot, and go. I accept that. But I just – this is my last time picking Atlanta. If Atlanta loses this game – I will come on the show, recall everything I've ever said about them, and call for Dan Quinn's job. I will. I will. I promise. I will do that on next week's show if this happens. I just refuse to believe it'll happen. This isn't my game to pick. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now. Okay. You won't have to call for Dan Quinn's job by the time we record our episode. It'll next just week. happen. It's gonna be. It's already gonna happen. Okay. I. If they lose this game, I. It's not shocking. All right, week. Oh, I don't know. Why I said week five again. Indy traveling to take on them. Red Hot Browns. What a great. So this game. is like your your Super Bowl pick versus versus uh, our bet your, versus our bet, but just the team that you're and, extremely high. And on. the Browns. We you know just to talk about the Browns for a second. The Browns are three and one for the first time since two thousand and one. Good for you, Cleveland. They, they've scored. Even I have to tip my cap. They've for that. scored thirty four or more points in three straight games. That's the first time since nineteen sixty eight. Like the Cleveland Browns are getting it done. And also to segue to something that would have been a tidbit. So the five teams right now that have the highest running percentage of plays this year: the Rams, the Browns, the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Titans. All five of those teams, five hundred or above. And the Browns, number two, are three and one. And I, and you know, we could talk about this a little bit later if we want. But the five teams that have the lowest run percentage the Giants, the Bengals, the Texans, the Cowboys, and the Broncos. So we want to talk about a passing league. But the teams that are running the ball the most effectively are the best teams right now in the NFL. Interesting to point out. Obviously, a lot of nuance involved in that. I don't want to get into that. But Browns, number two, obviously, they lose Nick Chubb. But DeErnest Johnson looked really good in AAF star. I'm gonna stick with Cleveland on this one. All right. I know. I think it'll be. I think it'll be tight. I and I just think that Indy's defense is very, very good. I just don't know 
if they faced that hard of a test yet. Okay. And I think this is going to be a big test for them. I think it comes down to the wire. I think, unfortunately, Philly Rivers caused the turnover at the end. That gives Cleveland the win. Very possible. Last game is the Philly Eagles that you have winning the East versus my winner of the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another fascinating game, and I am going to get clowned for this, but I'm going to pick Philly. Okay. I am going to pick Philly, and it's because that I think this is a – I think that Philly is going to play better than any team that Pittsburgh has played thus far. And I, I just I believe that they pick up some momentum here from their victory against the Niners. They pick up some belief in themselves. And Dan Orlovsky, if good up, we talked about him, said something that I really loved when he talked about when you're a shooter in the NBA, you go through dry spells. But sometimes you just need to see the ball go into the net. And I think that that was that game for Philly, and that was especially that game for Carson Wentz, who did not have, like, a world-beating game. You know what I mean? It wasn't this incredible game that we were like, oh, man, Carson Wentz, but he played well. And another thing that I want to point out about Philly, their defense, five sacks, three turnovers. They pressured the quarterback on 30.6% of dropbacks. That's a season high for any team this year. So their defense showed up, and Carson Wentz made the big plays when it mattered. We're talking about that unbelievably perfect ball to Travis Fulgram. I'm sorry, who checks notes for that touchdown to go ahead near the end of the game on that uh, I think it was like second or third and 18 that he made that throw. So it was a gut check moment for them. I think they gained some momentum off it. They go 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. All right. Love it. So you have the Falcons taking on or beating the Panthers, the Browns beating the Colts, and the Eagles beating the Steelers. All right, so I had to pick through the weeds, and I had to get creative with ones that I think will try to trip you up here. Uh, I jokingly said, I'm just going to pick all the COVID games. <laughs> I did pick kind of one of them, but we'll see what happens. So let's go first, though. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we talked about it earlier, going into Houston, facing the interim head coach and Romeo Cannell for the Texans. Who you got? This is a tough one because I'm really going back and forth on what it means to get an interim coach. I feel like sometimes that can implode teams or can inspire teams to play really, 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 really well. In this instance, I am saying it's not going to go so well. I am taking the Jaguars. They are losers of their last two. I think they are angry. I think Cam Robinson is going to run. We're going to see a little Minshew magic. James Robinson. James Robinson. I don't know what I said. <laughs> said Cam. Oh, sorry. It's all right. uh, and I think... Gardner will put up those 28-plus points. Yeah, I I think it'll be a good game for sure. Uh, I feel for Houston and Houston fans if they go 0-5 for sure. We're going to head to the jokingly half-COVID game that I mentioned. The Patriots are hosting the Denver Broncos. Brett Brett the Ripper, Brett Rippin, is getting his – you're going to tell me to get out, aren't you? <laughs> Gets his second career start against this Pats defense that may not be as scary as we had thought if they're going to miss Stephon Gilmore. Uh, well, this one's tough because I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Patriots right now. It's very well yeah. – it could be Cam Newton or it could be Jared Stidham. I don't, I don't know. Uh, that makes it a little bit scary. My favorite part about this is you literally have – challenged me to your Pats thing. You've had me pick a Pats game every, every single week, week. I've gone back and forth on them. I'm going to continue that trend and say they win this week. Sure, okay. they're missing Gilmore, uh, but I believe that this defense that had its first dominant game against the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be able to confuse Brett Rippon, 
who snuck out a win after throwing three turnovers last week. You do that against this team, I don't believe you're going to get the win. I will say this. You've gotten the Pats pick right every week. I have. So let's see see if it continues in week five. And Monday night football. I'm sending you this one to trip you up because I think we're going to disagree on this one. So the Chargers traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints on Monday night football. Yeah. So obviously you tip your cap because Justin Herbert's third start. The easy answer is the Saints, which means you're picking the Chargers. I am. I am not. I'm going to go with the veteran over the inexperienced quarterback right now. I think losing a player like Eckler is going to hurt. Sure, they have Josh Kelly. They have Justin Jackson. I don't think that is going to help enough against this defense. That is a great run-stuffing defense. I continue. I, I have more faith. I was really down on the Saints offense than I feel like really early on in the Detroit game. They had the turnovers. We jokingly said, pull, pull Breeze, get Winston in there. They went on to score 35. 35 unanswered. I feel like that was a little bit of a get-right moment, and I believe in the experience there. I want to believe that because you we know how much I love Breeze. We both love Breeze. We had a whole segment about him when he broke the record on Monday night and we had the you know jersey in your that room that we used to record in. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, the Saints were a candidate for who's falling off for you. They were a candidate for that for me. And I like that they went 35 straight, but the Lions aren't nearly as good as, as you know, we thought they were going to be. And that was going to be my recall this week of them being in the playoffs. Um, but I wanted to rant about the NFC East more. Um, I just I, I like what I've seen from Justin Herbert. I like that he stood up and went toe for toe with Tom Brady, who was having like a better than vintage Tom Brady day. Went toe for toe, did not crumble under the pressure. He also went toe to toe with Pat Mahomes. Obviously, he loses both games, but like did not blink against either. Obviously, he had like you know the bad turnover late in the game against Mahomes and his first start that he learned about five minutes before he started. But, you know, he's shown such poise. I just think that the Saints defense is not as good as a lot of people think it is, and I think that it comes down to the wire, but that Herbert pulls off the upset. Sure. So this game, to me, just to follow that up, is not Herbert versus Breeze. It's going to be Breeze versus that defense, and we'll have to see how the Chargers defense responds to the beating they took. It it's either true. inspire them yeah. or maybe they're going to walk in like I said, head down a little bit. Their, so de- we'll their, to their secondary is totally beat up, and it's not as good as we thought it was going to be. But I just – I like Herbert a lot. Well, there we go. That was Pal's Pick, sponsored by Wegmans. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble for saying that. Probably. One of these years. One of these years. Um, yeah. Regardless, awesome. Got some cold reads? Uh, I don't have any cold reads. I have two cold reads. All right. One of them's going to make me. you one of them's going to make you roll your eyes. I'm ready. So, we're going to go to Josh's favorite thing and that is power rankings. Ugh. And was taken over by Dan Hansius instead of In some ways I feel like he's worse than Elliot. I did like Elliot. I did like him a lot. But regardless, I'm going to give you the top <laughs> 10 teams. Okay. You're going to tell me the most egregious one. Okay. One that doesn't deserve to be in there. Or one that's not as high as you think it should be. Okay. Because I feel like I might agree with them. Okay. KC, number one. Okay. Green Bay, two. Okay. Baltimore, three. Okay. Buffalo, four. Love that. Pittsburgh, five. Okay. Seattle, six. Uh-huh. Tennessee, seven. Okay. Tampa Bay, eight. LA Rams, nine. And the New England Patriots, ten. Yeah. So this is tough. Um, I I don't disagree with any of those teams being there. 
Uh, I feel like it's really hard to put Tennessee there. Sure, they're undefeated right now, but with everything going on, yeah. I think it's just hard to to cement them in there, especially the way that they've won some games. Yeah. I talked about them earlier being a possible contender la- or pretender last week. So yeah. I don't I don't love the way that they've won their three games. I think with everything going on right now, the path becomes a lot harder. So if I had to pick somebody, and it's not for any necessarily good reason, I just don't think I'd have them at six over someone like Tampa who has shown they have a, a pretty good defense, fought their way back from from big deficits, hasn't relied on just a kicker missing a bunch of field goals to win or coming down to the final minute. Okay. So I, I might move them back to like nine-ish. Okay. So second cold read. NFL.com ranked the top 25 rookies so far through the first four weeks. Okay. I want you to see. I want to see if you can give me five out of the top ten. If you can guess five of them. Okay. This is any rookie. Out of the top 10, yes. Okay, but I'm saying like it's also defensive players. Defensive players, skill position, okay. linemen, like anything. I can name any of the 25? I want you to get five out of the top 10. Oh, jeez, McCrow. All right. I think Edwards Alaire is there. He is. I think Edwards Alaire Ed, is 10. I think Lamb is there. Lamb is number seven. I think Winfield Jr. is there. He's three. That's one I didn't think you'd get, but that's good. I have him on my fantasy team, so okay. I follow how he Nice. Does. Um, oh God, are there like any linemen? Because <laughs> I don't know the linemen that well. Um, there are two linemen. See, I want to say Chase Young, but I feel like he, him getting hurt has pushed him out of the top ten. He's on it. He's on the top ten. He's number six. Okay, Young. Um, so you get one more. I didn't think you'd go four for four right away off the bat. This is tough. Yeah. Obviously, I'm looking at the list, but I'm like, I feel like it's not that hard. Really? Is it something? I don't know. I'll, I'll say, is there? Oh, Joe Burrow. Yes, Joe Burrow is number one. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was not thinking of quarterbacks. So, if Burrow and Herbert are one and two, and then Winfield that you said, Justin Jefferson's four, Mackay Becton is five. Okay. Uh, Young is six that you said. Lamb is seven that you said. James Robinson, the undrafted rookie like that. for Jacksonville, is eight. Tristan Wirfs for Tampa Bay, the offensive tackle, is okay. nine. And Edwards Allaire is, is ten. Is Wirfs playing tackle? He is playing tackle, yes. Okay. Uh, so that is the top ten. Uh, other players that are fun that I think that made the top 25 list, LaVisca Chenault. Being a second-round pick is on – actually, I think he might have been third round. No, he was in the second round. Uh, it's number 15. Uh, talk about players like Jeremy Chin, who was a late second-round pick by the Panthers, number 19. Um, other players that I really like that are on this list, Gabriel Davis made the list at number 23, the receiver from UCF for playing for Buffalo. And then, obviously, the guy I've been high on, Antonio Gibson, makes the list at number 24. Oh, that's fun. So – I just thought that was a fun list that to look at, uh, not something that you know I like a lot of NFL.com articles, and it's just I was like, oh, I've never, I don't really remember seeing that happen almost every year. Maybe that's a new thing that they do, but I kind of liked it. Okay, so. so yeah, that was cold reads. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I uh, haven't obviously watched too much Tampa, but like I said, right. I have Winfield on. On a fantasy right. team, so like I've right. gotten to see, but he's made some really big splash plays. I really like. I wanted to see if you could name the top three, and I was like, he'll never name Winfield. But you, it was like the second one you named. I don't know. I Quarterbacks impressed. were tough for impressed. me to come up with. So. I was impressed. So, all right, let's get to some fantasy fanatics. Who all we right. got? Player of the week. So last week, again, 
did not nail my pick. I feel like it wasn't awful. Not terrible. It but was better than your previous ones. That's true. I was a week early on Scotty Miller. <laughs> you were. You were. So, yeah, I I'm just, I know we're like kidding about this, but like right. is this a game between us cuz I definitely feel like I'm 3 and 0. Oh no, it's a game and you were 3 and 0 and I'm 0 and 3. Okay. Well, or wait, see, I feel like you It's been 4 weeks. Did we do it all 4 weeks? I don't remember. I can think of three players I chose. So I did Chris Thompson week one. I did Scotty Miller. I did Kenyon Drake. Oh, I don't remember who I said week three. I don't remember who I said week four, to be honest with you. You said Baker. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah, so it was okay. But, yeah, it wasn't bad. But if you played him in fantasy, you probably weren't that happy with him in terms so of other options. So I'm, I'm 0 for 4. going with another fairly – I mean, like I'm going with a well-known okay. player that I just think is going to perform well. That's I know okay. that you think that's lame, but no, that's I'm – I liked your Mike Evans pick. I thought it was good. Oh, I said C.D. Lamb in week three. You did. Again, but he yeah. did play well. He played okay. He played well. Uh, but you I'm, nailed Odell. I mean, <laughs> let's be I real. am going this week with one Todd Gurley. So Ooh. I'm just clearly targeting anyone that plays Carolina. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I, I liked what I saw from him against Green Bay. It was one of the only things I thought really clicked against Green Bay for that Atlanta team. And I feel like if Quinn is coaching for his job, especially if Julio is out – which I think he should be, and that pains me knowing that I have so much stock in Julio, that they're going to try to build more around him this week against this, at times, it's, it's an improving defense, but still middling run defense of, of the Panthers. And one of my favorite things you said watching that game is you said that's the most pop I've seen from him all year, and I think they need to get that going. I will say this. I was the two players I was between last week were Baker and Joe Mixon, and the only reason I said Baker was because you said Odell, and I was like, okay, let's make this fun. But <laughs> well, Mixon had a heck of a Mixon game. Mixon popped off because people were very sure low. Sure did. So sure did. My fantasy fanatics player of the week is going to be Antonio Gibson. All so right. Antonio Gibson for three straight weeks now has scored a touchdown, and last week he also added the four receptions on five targets for 82 yards against the Baltimore defense. It's pretty tough. They're playing the Rams this week. Now they're in the middle of the pack. They're 19th against running backs. So the middle of the pack really uh, team. But I just think that Kyle Allen last year with CMC – how many passes did he dump off the COC? Oh, yeah. Kyle Allen, now the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, is going to dump this ball off to Antonio Gibson all day long. And Antonio Gibson's getting the end zone again. If you have Antonio Gibson, make him your flex play this week. He's owned in 84% of Yahoo leagues. I don't know why it's not more in the 90s. Like He's a player that you have to have on your team if you don't have him. And I'm starting him in a ton of leagues that I own him in this week. I just think he's going to be great. So I like that a lot. We have him in our simultaneous catch league. Which we are now three and one. We're the number two team in the league. Oh yeah! Uh, our starting lineup right now: Russell Wilson, DJ Chark, Odell Beckham, which really helped last week. Uh, David Johnson, who I'm curious what his usage is going to be like now under Romeo Cannell. Uh, Mike Davis, George Kittle, and then of course Antonio Gibson on our bench right now is Deontay Johnson, Damian Harris, who we did pull off our IR spot, who had a really good game for New England last week. We did get to Ernest Johnson, the Cleveland backup, who had a good day. We really have, surprised by that. We have Scotty Miller. We picked up Kirk Cousins as a preemptive bye week move. And then, of course, we still have Christian McCaffrey on IR. So I feel really good about our team right now, especially with McCaffrey on IR and Kittle just coming back, being 3-1. and Yeah, feeling pretty good. Feel good about that team for sure. So, yeah, that was Fantasy Fanatics. 
And let's get on to this new little segment. It's a really quick segment, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so for those of you who listened from the beginning, our cold read segment is based off the fact that Josh and I are also really big theater people. I do have my degree in theater. Josh is getting his master's in, you know, uh, theater management. So we both yeah, big the- we're both big theater people. And so cold reads is based on the fact that in an audition, sometimes you have to cold read something. I kind of explained that last week, but we're getting new listeners, so explain it. Our new segment is called The Prop Table. Don't touch the prop table, as every stage manager has always said. We're going to go through a couple of prop bets every week, and we're going to say where we lie on them if you're into betting. Uh, I use Bovada.com for some from some sports betting. And uh, we're going to go first to this Thursday night game. I'm going to give you two props from two different games, and we're going to say where we lie on them, okay? So one prop bet from – oh, it's, it disappeared. Okay, there it is, for the Thursday night game. So this is probably – most people will already listen to the episode. Or the game will already have happened when they listen to the episode. So who will score the last touchdown uh, or score last in the game? The Tampa Bay Bucks are at minus 135, Chicago Bears – Plus 105. This is one prop bet. I don't understand. Who's so who, going to score last? Yes, who will score last? I think Chicago. Chicago will score last in the game? Yes, I think they're going to have. They're going to be down. They're going to be trying to call in. Okay. They'll make the last score. All right, so that's a good – that's a plus 105. That's a bet that you should make then if that's going to really happen. All right, so let's go to <laughs> – this is a fun one. Which team – will get the first turnover. Answer that first and then I'll... Are we just talking strictly about Thursday? Yes. Tampa. Okay. So the prop for this is, will it be a fumble, an interception, or... do you, Okay, that, this says, will there be no turnovers, but you said Tampa. So, will it be a fumble or an interception? Interception. Okay, so the interception mm-hmm. is... Interception is going at minus 175. The fumble is plus 140. That's tough. I see it going both ways. Okay. Both are very plausible. Okay. Uh, but I – the reason I, the reason I struggle <laughs> with that is because I feel like Tampa's defensive line is good to get it in is. and rattle Foles into a fumble. Yes. But that makes me feel like Foles is going to chuck it up and which it will be a turnover. Okay. I mean a, an interception. Okay. All right. So I do say interception as well. And I think it's Tampa. And then I also say last score will be Chicago. So we agree on those. All right, let's go to the Monday night game. Let's go to the Monday night prop table here, game props. Let's go to, there's a lot of similar things, but the first score of the game, tell me exactly will it be. Will it Saints or Chargers, and will it be a touchdown, a field goal, or any other score? So theoretically a safety. safety. Uh, I think it's going to be a field goal. By by the Chargers. I agree on that one. And if you do that, you get plus 400. That's the best bet to make on that prop. All right. First offensive play of the game. Will it be a run or pass? Is a really simple one. I think it's going to be a run. I think it's a pass. I think it's going to be play action. The Chargers go downfield. So pass is plus 125. Run is minus 165. All right, so that was the prop table. Uh, I think we can expand a little bit more, do some like over-under things. I like those uh, for sure, but those are a couple of prop bets that uh, you can make. All right, do we have any tidbits before we get into some friends' fortunes? I do not. I do okay. not have tidbits. I think I got most of my tidbits. I do want to point out, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the San Francisco quarterback 
this week. But I do want to say there are only two quarterbacks in history that started in their first nine career starts to throw for 2,600 yards plus and 14 touchdowns in their first nine games. Nick Mullins is one of those. The other one is Patrick Mahomes. So had a pretty good start to his, his career for sure. Six 200-yard games? 2,600 yards his first nine games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I had the Cleveland thing, and I think I had one in my— Well, Nick Mullins is done now. C.J. Beathard done. I don't know. I thought it was funny that we talked about it. I was like, who's there? Is it backup C.J. what? And uh, you said C.J. Beathard. So, uh, QBR— Aaron Rodgers has 92.8 QBR right now with 13 touchdowns, no picks. He's on pace for 52 touchdowns. The only other two quarterbacks to have a QBR that high are close to that high because this is the top three in the first four games ever in the last 15 seasons since they started tracking QBR. Okay. I want to guess. Uh, well, that's going to be one of my answers. Guess. So you, okay, so you got Peyton. Peyton. Um... In the last 15 seasons. Is it like a well-known quarterback? Yes. Is it Brady? Yes. So, and the the tidbit about this is that those were the years that they both set the touchdown passing records. Okay. And both won MVP. So, you know, we're not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm also not not saying that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, and I also want to point this out. So, the last time the Patriots were two games behind in the division, which they are right now because Buffalo's 4-0 and they're 2-2, two and two, Drew Bledsoe, this is, when two, this is week 8 and 2002, Drew Bledsoe led the NFL in passing for the Bills. Emmett Smith was in his last season with Dallas, and Tom Brady only had one Super Bowl ring. It's wow. been that long. Hot dang. And my last tidbit, number one overall picks to score a touchdown reception. Eric Fisher did it in a game two weeks ago where he had a touchdown reception at left tackle. And the last person to do it was Keyshawn Johnson for the Carolina Panthers. And then the last three guys to do it before that, Irving Fryer for Washington, Kijana Carter for the Bengals, and Bo Jackson for the Raiders in 1987. So it's been a while since there's been somebody who even does pass catching. It's a number one overall pick. Uh, And it's been a while since they have scored a reception for a touchdown. Well, there we have it. So we got to do Tidbits. our friend's fortune real quick yes. and uh, wrap this thing I up. I always go so. first, so you're going to go first. Okay. Well, okay. then get the heck out Bye. of here. Ow. Yep. What a kid. I'm going to keep mine short and simple. The Las Vegas Raiders are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, during draft time, we said it was a surprise that the Raiders took Henry Ruggs as the first wide receiver. I said it was because they wanted to go and get someone to match Tyreek Hill. Obviously, we haven't seen too much out of Ruggs yet this season. He got injured uh, in week two against the Saints. He is trending towards playing. Obviously, that could change. But if he does play, I'm going to say he has more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill. Okay. Always takes so long to come back. All right, friends, I'm back. Bye, John. Oh, shut up. I miss you. Uh, Okay, friends, friends fortune. Let's nail one this time. Let's get it. It's been too long since I've got a friends fortune. I'm going to get it this week. So we talked about the Atlanta-Carolina game. 
calling my shot. I'm not going to be ridiculously specific, so I don't get it, but I'm also going bold. 0-4 right now. They need to make a stand. They have five-game stretch here where I believe that they can go 5-0. and So I'm calling my shot this week. Josh said Carolina's going to win. I'm saying that Atlanta is going to dominate. They are going to blow out the Carolina Panthers by multiple. It's going to be multiple scores, and and Matt Ryan is going to go for three plus touchdowns. Todd Gurley is going to get a score. It's going to be an overall team victory. Three plus touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Todd Gurley also gets in the end zone, and Dan Quinn says, "This is my team. You're not firing me yet." They go one and four. All right. Now we get Josh back in here. He didn't hurt himself like I do because for some reason I'm just fragile and sick all the time. And I don't get it. But so thinking now about my friend's fortune, I hate it. Why? Because I kind of just said something more to be fun okay. uh, where there's no real logical thinking behind it. Well, I wish I had the luxury so. of just being fun. So, yeah. I just have, I have to be focused. I'm still saying week. it. It's going to happen, but it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> Here we go. I love it. All right. Any shout outs you want to do this week? Um, you know, I want to shout out James Wan. Okay. Because he's the producer of a lot of great horror films. Okay. And it's fall, which means it's horror time in our house. It We're is. watching The Conjuring tonight. And we I'm, are. I'm really excited. So shout Conjuring out. Conjuring 2. Shout out to you, James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to shout out my parents. It was their 31st anniversary on October 6th. So uh-huh. it was. Yeah, it was really nice. I got them a hotel room for this weekend at the hotel I work at. It's going to be really nice, and uh, I love them a lot. And 31 years is, especially in today's world, is a really long time to be married to somebody. Heck yeah. For sure. So, so. congrats to you two. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Hope you enjoy they're not listening, the weekend. But. I know they're not listening, <laughs> but that's fine. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. So, everybody, enjoy week four, five. Week four. Week it's five. five. <laughs> I know. I was just saying. And hopefully the Bills play, but they probably won't. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. And if not, I have the surprise next week. It's not a surprise. I already told you. But we have uh, a guest coming on. We do. Troy, a big Bills fan. To talk so you guys about the can, Thursday night football game against the Chiefs. You guys can, can rave and cry about, about it together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Simultaneous catch for you. Hopefully you have listened before Sunday but if you're listening after Thursday hopefully it was a good game Uh, hopefully the Bears won and yeah thanks for listening make sure you like and rate us on Apple Podcasts follow us on Spotify check us out on Facebook we are just Simultaneous Catch it is a page Uh, we post questions and stuff during the week as well and on Sunday so thank you for listening enjoy week 5 God bless